Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Preston Super Show. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Today, let me break down what's going to happen. We're going to discuss Toonami. I'm going to give you a recap of that from this past Saturday. Uh, Then we have an electrical vehicle versus. I'm bringing the versus back to the show. Two mergers have happened, and uh, that's going to finish us out on uh, the Super Show today. And uh, what a great podcast uh, I have for you. Start with Shin Mew, the animation, episode six, Dignified. We have arrived in Hong Kong. The writers do a great job building up Shin Mew's character, learning Tai Chi from the old man after they spar. He needs a teacher and really has a deep self-reflection moment when he chooses to learn. There's a few good fight scenes. We are introduced to Joy, who is a sassy redhead, a real anime vixen, we will dub her, uh, on the motorcycle, riding high. The writers do a great job backfilling her story while Shin Mew is learning from the old man. Uh, My, you know, I have to say, you know, we get to see her business dealings a little, get to know her a little bit, and she can kick some serious butt, too. It's a great episode and a fun episode. My favorite character is easily Ryo. A four-star episode that got Toonami off to a hot start with great animation and a good theme to the episode. We find out about hidden powers that Shin Mew will be picking up, uh, sort of like markings for certain fighting styles um, that will define uh, your abilities. It's a good episode, very good. We move on to Attack on Titan. We're in the final season, fourth season. Episode 80 total um, from you 2,000 years ago. We are deep in Attack on Titan here. Uh, Aaron wants to crush the global military alliance using the Titans. It's a slower episode, but a lot of torture. All of the Titans are summoned. Uh, Tsunami giving off spooky vibes with this episode. Uh, A few good fight scenes. However, they are quick. The real crazy part of this episode was all the torture. Uh, People being crushed in chains. uh, A three-star episode. My favorite character is Aaron, and uh, I like this show. It's a good show. Three stars, you know. Cosmo Samurai 2, the finale. They slid that in for us, a little five-minute brief. A little short anime. Uh, The finale, my friends. And uh, it has been a great short anime. Awesome fight between Tom and his nemesis. Show ends on a positive note. Uh, corrects the spooky vibe Toonami was giving us in just five minutes. Good animation and a fun show. Really like this one. Um, it's hard to give it a rating. But I would say, you know, for what it's worth, give it four stars. Because um, it was a great finale. We move on to... Uh, a real hard-hitting episode, Assassination Classroom, Season 2, Episode 34, Think Outside the Box Time. A tense and shocking episode. Starts off with a bang. Asano is going to defy his father, and in the process, lose more than just the end-of-term exam. Karma is the big recipient of Asano's tactics indirectly, uh, if you caught that. Karma ends up number one in E-Class with his test scores. 
but more importantly, number one in the school on his final exam grade. Number one overall. All of E-Class looks to have cracked the top 50 in the entire school and will be frontrunners for success in their careers. However, a new story has blossomed. Uh, Koro Sensei is going to have uh, a duel with uh, Principal Asano in a battle of wits with a lot at stake. All of A-Class turns on Asano, and he is worse off than when he started. Or is he? We shall see. Episode was three stars. Three-star episode. Good episode and a well-rounded episode. A um, little bit too much math, though. Uh, kept the great vibes going. Asano is my favorite character in this one. His character in this episode and the last episode uh, has it a peak. I, I believe that. I believe that his character is finally uh, peaking. And you'll, we'll see uh, how the writers flip this around going forward. Let me get to a Made in Abyss, Episode 9, The Great Fault. Been waiting for this episode. Um, I don't skip ahead and like watch them on my own time. You know what I mean? I, I wait for Toonami. I try to be proper about it. I'm, way, I'm more surprised, you know. Made in Abyss, and it was made quick. I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Rico and Ray are exploring the Abyss, but this time it's intensified. Ray gets clonked out, and Rico has to become the hero. She is tested in every way. Uh, the part I remember vividly really sticks out is when her memories are being taken over as she is carrying Reg. You know, she believes she's found her mom. She sees all these people that she knows. Uh, they mature in this episode and show Ozen what she was looking for uh, in their resiliency. I like this show. Um, I really like this show. It has become so much better. Uh, first three episodes are stinky, but these last five episodes have been on point. Uh, Four-star episode right here. And my favorite character is Rico. She uh, she has to overcome a great deal in this episode, and it really focuses on her. Uh, this episode really is about her. We move on to One Piece, where now we get to the back half of Toonami, the back nine on the golf course. Let's see, uh, One Piece Season 15, Episode 531 overall. The Raigu Castle, brought by the shark they saved. And that sums up a lot of the episode. I was telling one of my friends, one of these episodes will be good, and one will be boring. Uh, this was the good one. You get to see the castle toward the end, and that is the best part. Uh, good dialogue. I understood what was going on, and was easy to follow along with. Sea God Neptune is around. Uh, Luffy finds some romance. This is a fun episode. You only need one of these on Toonami. People can binge watch on Funimation for themselves. If you agree with that, give this video a like. One Piece Season 15 Episode 532 was next in line. It was boring. Uh, a Coward and a Crybaby. The Princess in the Hardshell Tower. Too much crying in this episode. I noticed that right off the bat. Boring and dull. Uh, the sharpest thing was the axe being thrown. Parts of this episode were amusing. Luffy is always a good vibe. It's sort of a new story arc. 
but it's really under the Fishman Island story arc if you look into it. And we should be happy that we're getting something different without Sanji, you know, getting over Sanji's weaker storyline is a relief. It's a two-star episode here. Uh, my favorite character was Luffy. Uh, so the first episode of One Piece is good. They should have cut it off there. There's no need to keep going. Um, it really flopped. And I think that is when a lot of people went to bed. To, just my hot take on that. Naruto Shippuden Season 17, Episode 380. Should be playing this before One Piece. Um, this is an important episode for Naruto. but It's just too sappy for me. Um, it's a filler episode. There's a lot of background information about... Kushina's death, you see how Naruto got the power yields now, but you know all that stuff if you know anything about the show. If you don't know anything about the show, it's, you need to see this episode, of course. Three-star episode. Wasn't weak, just lacked uh, the energy to push it over that three-star rating and really, you know, didn't really motivate me uh, very much. Cowboy Bebop, episode 18. Speak like a child. Go on, do it. No, I'm kidding. A vintage episode from 1998. Uh, two stories going on in this show. Two different directions. It's easy to follow along with, though. It's not like it's complicated. Faye's on a gambling bench. Woo! Spike and Jet, they are looking for some uh, ancient technology. They have some odd things happen, of course. It's a fun episode to end Tsunami out on. It's, it's a good way. We're, you know, one thing that we should all be happy about is we're all getting to start and finish Cowboy Bebop together. We're getting close to the end. The only five star I'm giving out for the night right here. Cowboy Bebop, Speak Like a Child, episode 18. You need to rewatch it. Uh, I don't think many people make it up this late, but if they did, it was a good episode. It's a great episode. The only show deserving of five stars on the night. Shinmi was close, but it slowed down at the end. And this episode is two different directions. They take that part out where it gets slow. You can't because the story flips back and forth, so they keep you interested. And Faye Valentine is my favorite character in this one. The hottest character, so I mean, yeah, she's my favorite character in this one. So ladies and gentlemen, we have reached uh, the pinnacle of the Toonami recap. Thank you, as always, for sticking with me this far, and I'll be right back after this. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with me. And we have something very cool here. Something that uh, I wanted to bring your attention. Uh, an electric vehicle versus a battle. Well, we're going to talk about two new electric vehicles. And I'm going to tell you which one's better. I'm going to tell you which one has a better potential. So, let's start with the Kia EV6. Where The Verge has come out and said it is a gold star electric vehicle. Uh, and they also say, Roberto Baldwin, in this article, uh, other automakers should be scared of Kia. Very scared. The Kia EV6 is the design to be seen. And this is a great piece written by uh, Roberto Baldwin out of TheVerge.com. I will link it so you can read it in its entirety. Uh, I will paraphrase some things from it for you, bring you my thoughts about it, and um, help shape the conversation around the verses today and show you what it's up against. The Kia EV6 is designed to be seen. Fortunately, it was also engineered to be enjoyed while behind the wheel. The crossover 
which is really more of a wagon, is an impressive combination of what the South Korean automaker has learned over the past few years from its EVs and gas-powered vehicles. The result is a smart, exciting, and downright outstanding entry into an increasingly crowded market. That includes the Volkswagen ID4, Ford Mustang Mach-E, Tesla Model Y, and Chevy Bolt and Bolt EUV. The issue with driving the EV6 is the danger that follows it. Don't get me wrong. The vehicle itself is plenty safe. It's the drivers in the adjacent vehicles on the highway and in town trying to shoot photos and videos of the vehicle as you drive by. It looks unlike anything else on the road. An aggressive front end gives way to a longer than expected profile and is wrapped up with a rear end that's equal parts futuristic and eye-catching. It includes the light bar. That's one part signal, one part spoiler, and starts its journey at the wheel wells. And it, it does have nice wheels, uh, really nice wheels on this car. We talk a lot about range anxiety as the infrastructure continues to grow. That may be replaced by charge anxiety. And Hyundai is making sure its drivers won't feel left behind as quick charging stations appear on the landscape. You can take most modern EVs hundreds of miles on a single charge. Usually it's 300 miles. Let me step away and clarify. But it still takes longer to charge a vehicle than fill it with gasoline. That's a problem. Kia says the EV6 will charge from 10% to 80% in 18 minutes. Wasn't able to test since, since the 350 kilowatt charging station I encountered topped at at 260 kilowatts. But even at that speed, I was back on the road quicker than I anticipated. While charging from 25% to 90%, I had enough time to snap a few photos, get a drink from Starbucks. That's about it. Kind of the old, this is kind of the old, let me step away. This is kind of the old school. Go to the gas station, you you fill up your car, you go in, you get a drink, a snack, you talk to the lady at the counter, you're polite. Now everybody's in a rush, everybody's got to zoom out. Maybe the electric vehicles can bring back some of that coolness, you know, and some of that politeness. Maybe Maybe that's what we need. A unique feature is the vehicle to load, V2L capability. Kia says you can power other devices, another EV, and even your house. The higher trim levels have a 120-watt volt outlet at the bottom. And in the middle of the rear seats, if you happen to be outside, why wouldn't you be, and don't want wires running out of your car, there's an adapter that plugs directly into the charge port with an outlet. It's great for tailgating, camping, and potentially keeping the fans going in your house during a heat wave-induced blackout. <laughs> Those are becoming more common. It's good he mentions that. America doesn't like wagons. With that in mind, the EV6 is marketed as a crossover or CUV. Sure, it looks a bit like a wagon in real life, but it's important for marketing that it's known as a crossover. It even has the requisite high sitting position in the vehicle. But really, it's a wagon, folks. A great wagon that quickens the pulse and handles far better than it should. Tackling corners. The EV6 handles wonderfully. For a vehicle its size, excessive body roll and tire squeal were only encountered when really pushing the vehicle. 
on the twisty back roads of Northern California. That sounds nice right about now. Living here in Illinois, it's cold as balls. The EV6 felt far more planted than other crossovers on the market, both powered by gas and electrons for driving purists. The uh, rear-wheel drive version, let me just say it, has enough oversteer to keep them happy, and you can turn off the traction control if you're in a doing donuts and abandoned parking lots. Yeah, if you're looking, if you're looking to just mess the car up, you got turn the traction control off. Around town, the EV6 was comfortable, agile, and at ease in traffic, dense urban areas, and on long highway drives. The steering is tight, without feeling twitchy, in all driving situations. Which I prefer that. That's why I always like Honda so much because the the, uh, the steering was tight. Kia offers up four driving modes: Eco, uh, Eco, Normal, Sport, and Snow. Around town, Normal and even Eco never felt underpowered. That's good. Yeah, economy uh, should be a setting you should be able to switch to easily. Sport unveiled enough of a power difference that, when enabled, you knew it without looking down at the dash cluster on back roads. The power was always there while linking corners. As for its range, this is where it's very important here you pay attention to this. Kia says the rear-wheel drive GT has a range of 310 miles via a 77.4 kilowatt capacity battery pack. The company hasn't revealed whether that 77.4 number is the gross capacity or usable capacity. During a range test of mixed driving environments on highway, driving with the cruise control set at 70 miles per hour, driving around residential and suburban streets, and hitting back roads of the region, I was able to get 310 miles of range. Eerily, on the dot, with what Kia promises, and good news for those looking for a long-range vehicle that isn't a Tesla. Look out, Tesla. The automaker offers six variants of the EV6. The top-of-the-line GT starts at $51,200 for the rear-wheel drive version. I was driving and climbs to $55,900 for the all-wheel drive version. Below GT are the wind trim levels. The rear-wheel drive wind will set you back $47,000, while the all-wheel drive version starts at $50,900. There's also the wind with a tech package that costs $52,400 for all of these vehicles. The rear-wheel drive versions have a range of 310 miles, while the all-wheel drive versions have a range of 274 miles. Are you really going that far in one trip? No. The available tech is also what I'm used to seeing in more expensive vehicles, and that bright 12.3 TFT thin film transistor dash cluster when the blinkers are turned on an external camera feeds a view of the vehicle's blind spot in the cluster this is something we've seen on other Hyundai Motor Group vehicles and it's nice to see it here and uh, let me finish out the article here by saying this and there's a lot more to this article that's why I'm going to link it and encourage you to read it Um, and then I'm going to make my points uh, after I give you the opponent of the uh, Kia EV6 today so to finish out as they picked up the vehicle though I started to miss it for someone that drives over 100 cars a year this guy does that's saying a lot and that is I mean that's that's all true then yeah and I don't you know I don't 
think he's a liar. For years, we've had two classes of vehicles, good cars and good electric cars. Okay. The EV6 is a good car, plain and simple. There's no longer a list of caveats that need to be explained to potential owners. The opponent of the Kia EV6 is not going to be uh, something to scoff at. No, this is our real, real opponent. The 2024 Volkswagen ID Buzz, the electric microbus, has been revealed. Folks, this thing is the real deal. This is nice. This has uh, the sleekness as well as the spaciousness. It is everything you're looking for uh, in a electric vehicle. And uh, I can't help but be in awe of this thing. I mean, uh, I've seen quite a few electric vehicles now and on the road too, um, uh, ranging from the Tesla uh, to the, the Chevy of uh, Bolt, you know what I mean? And uh, a lot of different takes on those, a lot of different opinions on those. But I think one thing that's remained is that everybody agrees, in a way, they are cool cars. And I don't think we're going to have a, an issue with that going forward uh, at all. I think these will remain um, cool cars, uh, really, really cool. There's still a lot we don't know, mainly the price. But the ID Buzz will play a crucial role as Volkswagen continues along its transformational path from environmental scofflaw, remember Dieselgate, uh, to EV leader, the van, will serve as a showcase for the company's MEB modular electric architecture, and it will be among the first electric vans marketed specifically with families in mind. This is written by Andrew J. Hawkins on TheVerge.com. Um, and this is a very, very good piece. It's very deep. So I'm just going to give you some highlights from it and give you my thoughts about this versus I've brought to your attention. A very um, principled versus. But VW stayed surprisingly true to the original design, even going so far as to offer the same day glow lemon yellow two-tone paint scheme as an option. Sounds cool. Looks even cooler, right? Volkswagen is offering a total of 11 color variants. Volkswagen isn't revealing the driving range, but all signs point to around 300 miles on a full charge. Volkswagen claims the vehicle will charge from 5 to 80% in just 30 minutes or just 8 minutes less than the 2021 Volkswagen ID4 SUV. In the future, Volkswagen says the ID Buzz will offer plug and charge functionality, the standard that enables an EV to automatically identify and authorize itself to a third-party charging station on behalf of the owner. In essence, skipping ahead here, Volkswagen is introducing a brand new form factor to the EV market. That's a new buzzword in the media, form factor. The hot hatches have come and gone. 
and the electric crossovers and compact SUVs are currently commanding the moment. They'll soon be replaced by the trucks and the luxury SUVs, which have proven to be American car buyers' preferred profile. Just look at, you just have to look at sales for that, that's true. And to the swirling mass of sizes and shapes comes a van, both familiar and entirely unique. Not a minivan, a micro bus. And it looks like something I'll pet my ride. The spaciousness is apparent as soon as you step inside. The standard length ID buzz will launch with five seats, all of which are adjustable. On the standard wheelbase, a six-seat configuration will come later with with individual seats arranged in three rows of two. A lot of room in here. Volkswagen is really stressing the modularity of the ID buzz's interior with a complete movable and removable center console it's a really cool center console the whole thing comes out Um, this option which was carried over from the concept version allows for the center console to turn into a multifunctional box that can be relocated in the middle of the second row of seats there's plenty of room inside for a plethora of of gadgets including a laptop but the tidiness potential is huge removing the center console for a thorough cleaning will be a big selling point for families who often have to deal with dangerous levels of cracker crumbs in their car and other things. In Europe, the Buzz Cargo will have uh, sensors and software that Volkswagen says will enable autonomous driving capabilities. But a fully autonomous version of the Buzz won't be available until after the regular one is released. The Volkswagen Group, which also owns Audi, Skoda, and Porsche, Expect it uh, expects this to be its first autonomous vehicle ever released. Groundbreaking. Volkswagen has said the autonomous microbus will serve as a platform for its full-scale commercial ride-hailing and delivery operation that it plans on launching in Germany in the year 2025. So to finish out this article here, and like I said, I skipped ahead for you, give you the highlights. You can go back and read the whole thing. I'm going to link it for you. It's got all the pictures in there and everything. Beautiful, well-written piece. Thank you, The Verge. The cues are still there. From the two-tone paint job to the very prominent Volkswagen logo on the grill, uh, Lear noted. Still, it will be a delicate balancing act. Uh, He's quoted as saying, I'd like to call it the 80-20 split, he said. With 20% nostalgia, 80% looking ahead. So there's the article, and now comes the very, very delicate the time to decide who has the better electric vehicle. Now for the winner. The votes are in, folks. I don't think it was rigged this time. The winner for best electric vehicle goes to... Oh, I, can't, I can't even read it to you. The Kia EV6, wow. (laughs) What an upset. Wow. A come-from-behind victory like never before. The Kia EV6 has the look of the future, but power behind its shell, uh, in my opinion. I love the Volkswagen ID Buzz. I'd love to own one. That will do really well come 2024 when they begin being sold. In two years, that micro buzz will be hot, like music videos and parties and everything. It is revolutionary. 
And I have full confidence in automakers to flip the switch to electric vehicles over time. They will over time. The wheels on the Volkswagen ID, I, I don't like. That's kind of my sticking point with it. It's a family vehicle. Every family needs a van or a truck. So, yes, this will be a top-selling family car. I predict that. People will be lining up to lease this one in the different color variations it has. Uh, on the other hand, the EV6, it's ready to roll this year. It has the leg up on Volkswagen. It also has everything you want in a new car. It's a game changer when it comes to your daily life. And it's it, it does look like a beast. It's a monster. Um I can see more and more gas stations incorporating charging stations, more and more superstores doing it like Walmart. The electric vehicle boom has not happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. But when it does, there will be a lot of winners. I mean a lot. So there is my hot take on the electric vehicle battle, the verses I've brought back. If you go back and the archive of the show, you'll see a lot of verses that me and Joe Perry did uh, where we just matched things up and went at it. Um, but yes, here, I'm going to side with the Kia EV6, and I don't know how people really take that, but I know that it's really where my heart is. That's how I feel, and the Kia EV6 is better than the Volkswagen ID Buzz, but I am not mad if if you don't agree with me. I, I, I implore you to disagree with me. Um, but yes, this is a great, uh, battle that's going to resurface, uh, in many, many places, especially at the dealership. But I want to turn our attention to a few other important items. The two mergers are when I return. Thank you for staying with me this far. So we're talking about hu a huge, the first merger uh, of the two. And this one's huge. Uh, this involves AEW, uh, if you're a fan. Uh, and this is written by WrestlingIncorporated.com. The article's by Eric Mutter. This is fresh off the off the uh, press. Shareholders approve merger between Warner Media and Discovery. And this isn't long, so I'm going to read the uh, whole thing to you. AEW will now officially be under the umbrella of both Warner Media and Discovery, following a merger. Uh, between the two entertainment conglomerates. Discovery announced today that their shareholders had approved of the merger between the companies, officially creating Warner Bros. Discovery, described as a premier world entertainment company, according to Deadline. The deal between Warner Media and Discovery had been in talks for some time, with the Discovery shareholders voting uh, being one of the last steps in closing the deal, which is expected to be finalized in the second quarter of 2022. Warner Bros. Uh, Discovery will be led by Discovery CEO Davis Zaslav. The agreement brings together assets from both Warner Media and Discovery, including AEW, which airs on Warner Media platforms, TBS, AEW Dynamite, and TNT, AEW Rampage. There's likely to be no immediate effect on AEW from this merger as the promotions TV deal for both Dynamite and Rampage runs through the end of 2024. It should be noted that both Warner Media and Discovery have their own streaming services, HBO Max and Discovery Plus, um, HBO Max being the better of the two. It is unclear at this time if the two entities will remain separate or be merged together as well. Prior to Tony Khan's announcement that he had purchased Ring of Honor, 
Many had speculated that AEW had reached a deal to be streamed on HBO Max. Khan has since made clear his purchase of Ring of Honor was partially in the hope of combining the AEW and ROH video libraries into a package for a potential streaming service. Um, so that is hot off the press. And basically my thoughts on this are AEW expands its home under this merger. A great deal and good news for everybody involved. Discovery held the chips here. Uh, and they are absorbing Warner Media. They're taking them on, taking on their debt. I love it and I'm uh, glad that it happened. Make no mistake about it. Both of these companies needed this in the ever-evolving digital market uh, where you have to constantly be competing and constantly coming up with content. So our next merger has to deal with really the theme of the show. It has to deal with Toonami uh, indirectly. What we know about the Funimation Crunchyroll merger by the Anime News Network editorial team. This is just this came out the same day. Same day this came out. Let's see here. Let me uh let me go through this with you and give you my thoughts on it. With Funimation's anime content heading to Crunchyroll, fans have raised many questions about how the transition will be handled from a consumer perspective. After speaking with representatives of Crunchyroll and Funimation, Here's everything we know right now. So, which Funimation titles will be on Crunchyroll is one of the questions. According to a Crunchyroll spokesman, the overwhelming majority of titles will make it Crunchyroll eventually. Funimation will continue to stream new episodes of existing Winter 2022 series, but all new series will be streaming on Crunchyroll, including all new titles within the spring anime season. Crunchyroll posted a list of all titles heading over to its service, which includes titles with English subs and English dubs. This list will continue to be updated as time passes, and I will link that list for you for your bookmarks. For those who are already subscribed to Funimation, is there a way to get a refund or transfer the remaining time on their subscription to their Crunchyroll account? Great question. They answer that. Accounts for Funimation and Crunchyroll can currently remain separate, but as this Uh, help page outlines Funimation users who don't currently have a paid Crunchyroll subscription will get a free 60-day trial of Crunchyroll Premium 60-day trial free this offer has been sent directly to eligible Funimation users via email for those who already have a paid Crunchyroll subscription and want to transfer their time from their Funimation account a Crunchyroll spokesman advised that they contact the customer service team directly for support Some users have reported that they have successfully managed to get their time transferred this way. So you might want to look into that. Um, See, another important note, the Crunchyroll app is currently available on over 15 platforms. Most recently, a Nintendo Switch app launched uh, this February, just last month. Will Crunchyroll incorporate closed caption subs for their dubbed anime as Funimation streams have done in the past? The spokesman confirmed that closed caption support is one of the team's priorities. They also elaborated that Crunchyroll plans to enhance the video player experiences within the Crunchyroll apps to have the features and functionality of all brands, while also considering changes to the user experience on the platform. Will language audio options be embedded into the videos themselves instead of having to choose them from a drop-down bar on the show's homepage? It's not really a big issue. The spokesman confirmed that, like with closed caption subs, the team is actively working on providing unified sub and dub experience 
on our players. I think the key, the question should be is how long until we get every anime dubbed and ask users to wait for future updates on Crunchyroll? Would have been a better question. Um, And also they're saying that so far they're not promising layoffs or not denying that there's going to be any layoffs, which is good because, we, you know, we don't want to see anybody lose their job. They're currently hiring like 100 people worldwide. So if you need a job, apply for Crunchyroll if you like anime. Um, I'm sure they have a weird application, like a weird process for that. But if you like media, you like anime, you might want to go work for Crunchyroll. Uh, I might want to go work for Crunchyroll. I don't know. Following the announcement that Funimation will unify under the Crunchyroll brand, um, we are happy to announce the list of shows that are now available on Crunchyroll for all subscribers. This was just updated recently. They added Assassination Classroom 1 and 2, Sub and Dub, uh, The Dungeon of Black Company Sub, uh, Overlord Seasons 1 through 3 Dub, Cayuga Sama Love is War Season 2 Sub, The Saints Magic Power is Omnipotent Sub and Dub, uh, Gleepinar sub and dub. The Devil is a part timer sub and dub. That's a good anime. Sells at work season two dub. The detective is always uh the detective is already dread sub. The millionaire detective balance unlimited sub and dub. Wise man's grandchild dub. The world ends with you. The animation sub and dub. In another world with my smartphone dub. Tales of Zestria the X sub and dub. Infinite Dendrogram sub and dub. Rosario Vampire seasons one and two sub and dub. Seven Mortal Sins dub. Azer Lane sub and dub, Scar on the Praetor dub, a lot more, a lot more have come to Crunchyroll. There's a whole list here. I gave you the main ones that just moved over, like just got over there now, you know what I mean? So, let me give you my thoughts on this because uh, that's what you're here for. This is huge news for Tudami. Since Adult Swim and Crunchyroll work together to bring us shows like Blade Runner Black Lotus, one can only imagine what is next with this injection of Funimation into the mix. I use Funimation and Crunchyroll. I have to say, Funimation has the better app and better layout. Like, I'm surprised that Crunchyroll has done better business-wise. It will be nice to see the changes coming to Crunchyroll and giving their app better quality and content, uh, turning it into a powerhouse for our enjoyment. Um, in history, spring has shown to be a time for mergers, Okay. We should be welcoming of that. Uh, my stock friends and investing friends, you need to be paying attention to these major money moves that I've just named for you, these two mergers. A lot of money being moved around here. Find out where it's at. Find out where to go. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with me and tuning in on Preston Super Show. Just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night and God bless. Palms 37-4. Thank you.